Hey everyone, and welcome to the House Conspiracy Podcast, a show about the house and on the house. I'm Jonathan O'Brien, and I'm the founding creative director at House Conspiracy. Today I'm talking to good human Leah Stark. We've been friends for a while, and so this is a pretty chummy podcast full of banter where we talk about anger, focus, feminism, and authenticity. And because of how Leah and I combine our um, powers, it's definitely the loudest, dumbest podcast we've done so far. Um, <laughs> our mouths get particularly filthy. Anyway, here's some housekeeping. Uh, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and if you're on iTunes, if you give us a rating and a review, that'd be wild. It really helps. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at House Conspiracy and visit our website to see how we can support you at houseconspiracy.org. Um, if you want to support us in other ways, you can head to that same site, slash donate or slash volunteer. You can email us at house at houseconspiracy.org. Now onto the show. Leah Stark has the loudest room House Conspiracy has ever seen. Her door reads in capitals as follows. Leah Stark presents Welcome to the Phallaxy. We will explore ourselves in the space beyond us. Consent, intersectionality, and creative curiosity are all imperative to this space. We will all check our privilege and listen. LGBTQQIAAP, women of color, disabled, indigenous voices will be prioritized. Foolish optimism and unashamed failure is highly encouraged. And inside, the floor is clean, but the walls again are loud, and there are eggplant emojis plastered on the wall. And on the window in liquid chalk is the question, when was the last time you orgasmed? I'll let you ponder that. For now, here's Leah Stark. Hey, Leah Stark. Uh, how, why are you so angry? What? In live? Yeah, no, good. I'm not angry. Are you not angry? No. Oh, no, I am. I am. But in like a funny, chummy way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But why are you so angry? Like, because the work you make is is angry and it's good. But why are you angry? Like, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like me as a person, have like, I haven't had done unto me things that should be like things to be angry about, but I just like see other people going through stuff that I want to be mad about. And maybe it's just like, it's also a good excuse to wear Doc Martens. Because I feel like <laughs> angry people always wear Doc Martens. It's and, true. And it's I love true. Doc Martens. Oh, so dude. you just like, just like <laughs> stomp yeah, around and be like, I can gotta stomp you at any time, man. Don't try me. But my, uh, why am I angry? Because like things are fucked up being a chick. And then like, I'm a white chick and I still have stuff to angry, like, be angry about. So what about like brown chicks and black chicks and like Asian chicks and disabled chicks and gay chicks? They must have so much to be angry about. So I'm like, just angry for everyone else's being angry. So you're carrying like an empathetic anger with you. Yeah. Oh, so empathetic. It's like, so like, I just want to be angry for you. And like, I've always told my friends like, if, you, if anyone like says anything to you, just call me up and I'll come and yell at them. I like I really love getting into like angry like yelling fights with people about like and sometimes when I'm really like PMSy, I just want someone to say something really sexist to me. Just so, so I, you can go. So I just come back. How dare you, man? Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking kill you and like have a reason to use my dog mums. So. Yeah, yeah, curb stomping. Yeah, I should have warned Tyler that you're probably the first podcast guest who's gonna be louder than me. Oh, um, okay. but anyway, no, I want, I want, I want to <laughs> keep tapping into that. Yeah. Why? When have you always been confrontational? Have you always been? Have you always been angry? Did something happen? No. Did you start? Was it when you? What happened? No, like going. It's like 
oh, maybe I have been confrontational. Maybe I just, like, thrive off drama. And then, like, finding an actual good reason to thrive off drama and, like, being like, ooh, it's all, like, tense. And then, like, going to New York for a year and seeing, like, like actual catcalling and actual, like, entrenched misogyny come up in not passive-aggressive Australian ways, which is really, like... Undercurrent. Undercurrent in Australia, and we're really like, oh, no, everyone's, like, good, we're all fine, but, like, it's really under there. It's, like, under a nice, like, blokey, like, current surface. But in America, it's really there and present and, like, in your face all the time. So, like, learning to, like, stand up and be like, fuck you, man. And I started saying, like, when catcallers were like, ooh, mommy, or, like, would, like, click as I walked past. I'd be like, what? What did you say? And they're like, oh, I just said, like, Mommy, and I was like, I don't get it. What? And I just would like stand there for like a couple of minutes and like ask them what they're saying and like be like, I don't understand what you're saying. And they would be like, uh, I don't know what I'm actually saying. And that made me like, when I came back, I was really like confrontational and like, but in a more directed way. Mm. You yelled at someone on a subway, right? Once, yeah, right? I did. Yeah. Oh my God, that was the first time I felt like a New Yorker because he was just like looking at me. And it was two in the morning and I was not ready just to be looked at. And he wasn't even looking at me in a sexy way. He was obviously just like plastered or like tired and just like zombie eyes at me. And I just was like, what? What? What do you want? And he was like, oh, nothing. And then at the next station, like got off and changed carriages. I was like, I'm great. This is amazing. I'm like officially a New Yorker. So it felt really good. And you feel like you've brought some of that back. Oh, yeah, definitely. But then I've also, like, poly- like um, gotten back into my Australian ways of, like, sorry. So, like, tr- just, like, saying sorry at the start of every sentence, <laughs> which is a very Australian thing to do. And, like, trying and, like, like second... I still am confrontational, but I there's a little, like, at the start, I'm like, should I be confrontational? Is this the right thing to do? And, like, that's just being back in Australia where you're like, oh, no, I don't want to offend anyone. But I still do. And I still yield. But I just have a little voice now that second guesses it. But I still do it. So it's fine. Are you trying to fight against that voice? Or? Mm, I think it has, um, it has, like, benefits sometimes, that voice. Especially in, like, situations where, like, like I'm used to having, like, a loud voice in a conversation. And I'm, u- <laughs> like, <laughs> evidently with this podcast... <laughs> And, and so, like, learning to vibe situations where that voice is actually telling me to, like, listen first. Um, and it might get people's, like, opinion. I might understand people a little bit better. And, like, as well in, like, in Australia and blokes and dudes and everyone who I want to yell at, as soon as you yell at them, they're like, <laughs> what an angry feminist. <laughs> so I'm, like, trying to, like, yell in a funny way. You are an angry feminist. Oh, fucking, oh, aren't I? Jesus Christ, yeah. I'm a very angry feminist, but learning to be constructive in that anger and not just yell at people so they shut down and then they don't change um, their ways. Um, So, yeah, trying to find a way to yell at people where it doesn't sound like I'm coming from a place of, like, I'm better than you. How do you channel anger constructively? That's the fucking question, isn't it? (laughs) That's the fucking question. Um... Like, coming from, a, I think, being vulnerable about it and being authentic about why you're angry and why, it, like, starting a conversation rather than, like, you're doing everything wrong, you fucking fuckwit, is, like, actually, I feel these things because, like, 
it makes me feel like an object and like you're being really shit to me right now and like channeling that in a authentic like conversation between two humans rather than a fucking dick and an angry feminist um, <laughs> is like I feel like a better way to go. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 so it's about it's about channeling anger into discourse. Is there is there a point? Do you think where do you ever channel your anger like when you're being respectful with yeah. your anger? Do you channel your anger in a way where perhaps it doesn't come across as anger to anyone other than you? Mm-hmm. Like, are you hiding? Are you in a way by being authentic hiding that core emotion of anger? I don't know if hiding is too pejorative. No, it's not too. Too much. Oh, it's just a garnish of pejorative. Um, <laughs> on the side. On the side. Um, I guess so. And it's like, it's, again, like learning as a, like, it's like how I'm trained as a woman to like apologize for my anger and like be like, oh, respectful about it. Um, so like, yeah, it's like, I'm trying to find that line between um, being authentic and not hiding it. And, like, conveying and, like, processing things in a constructive way and, like, things that just make a difference. And I think we're at a point in society um, <laughs> where, like, like, I am angry and I want to change things, but I find... I don't even know what the question was anymore. I'm just, like, so verbose that I've gone... No, 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 tangents. Tangents, oh, God. It's a fucking tree of tangents. It's a tree of tangents. It's like the film, Tree of Life. Ugh, no, yuck. Great film. I hate, I hate Lars von Trier. That's not Lars von Trier. <laughs> What's the other one? Terrence Malick. Oh, God, they're the same fucking thing, <laughs> aren't they? I'm not interested in talking about this. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, because I will not have that film insulted on this podcast. Um, hey, uh, how do you change minds? I think not you personally, no, but also you personally. As yeah, you, you as I don't like the word progressive it's a shit word. Yep. Um, of like the not the left. I hate that too. Yep. Feminist, I yeah. guess. That's like the simplest term. It's the simplest that's, term. That's, hey. that's also the like the best and most yeah. accurate. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah. Why? why do you reckon that? I mean, um, I agree, but why do you reckon? Why do you reckon it's yeah, the most? Why mo- do you reckon it's the best one? because uh, <laughs> I think it's like, oh, uh, like I don't think it's political. Like I think you can be, I think you can be like a unprogressive feminist, and you can be like a mm. right feminist, like quite a conservative feminist, but you can still be one. So it's like I think feminist is like a spectrum, mm. and like but right and left isn't, or is it? That's the question. I mean, I think feminist is political, right? Yeah. Like it, like it has to be. Does like, it? I well, I mean, like in the way that like every artwork is political, yeah. right? At the very least, in the way where you're either playing inside the king's castle walls or you're mm. playing outside for the, the serfs, mm. right? Like, that's <laughs> the serfs. Yeah. 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 It's always the case. Um, feminism is a spectrum the same way... Yeah, like you said, like there are women who consider themselves feminists who are also pro-life. Yeah. So... Do you feel like that's a... It's, you know, oh. yeah, it's, a, yeah. if, it, it's like really... It's like fucking... Tell me about pro-life feminists. <laughs> No, really, really. Like, tell having me, known me. nothing about them, they confuse me as a... But, like, I'm, like, happy that they're almost on board. I feel like you could just, like... You know when someone says they're, like, they're not bi? And then you're, like, but look at this cute girl. And they're, like, oh, it's, like, a slippery slope. You can, like... <laughs> it's a slippery they're like, slope. Once you've got them onto the feminism bandwagon, you can kind of just be, like, but, you know, 
our greatest choice, hey, how good is, like, wanting to, like, but, like, I'm also a fan of people, like, having faith and all that stuff. Not me, personally, and I, like, I hate everything to do with it, but... To do I, with... Oh, but what, what about people who are pro-life and it's not connected to, you know, yeah. religious oh, doctrine? That, do they exist? I think so. That's so strange. And I don't know how to approach it because I'm such a... I, it's something I'm learning is, like, how to not shut down when something, like, infuriates me. Mm. And, like, like, really, like, my anger gets to the point where I just, like, deer in headlights because I'm, like... And, like, I'm not, like, a good person of, like... Well, I'm learning because I'm... Yeah, I'm learning how to, like, not simmer down but, like, to... Reel it in and then use words and like arguments and science and like readings and what I like my brain rather than like my fists <laughs> in like changing people's minds. So I think people who are like pro life and feminist like are a bit of a contradiction. They are a contradiction, but I'm happy that they can like they're like they feel like they can do that. And, like, I'm happy to have that conversation because that's, like, it's an easy conversation to have. It's not, like, like, I'm happy that we have disagreements and, like, I'm happy to change someone's mind and I'm happy to, like, talk about them because they're already on the, the first pedestal of being a feminist. So I'm, like, okay, well, you believe all these things. Then why do you believe, like, that thing? And, like, I feel like it could be a, quite an e- easy conversation to have if not mind-bogglingly, like, confusing as to why it exists. But I think we could do it. Sometimes I think... I don't know if you agree with this. I don't know if you've confronted enough people, but sometimes I find that people, people call themselves pro-life when really they just mean it for themselves. Yeah. And they're not actually thinking about, oh, other people can choose another yeah. thing. Yeah. And they just call themselves pro-life because it's them. Do you yeah. find that like? Do you find that people make decisions that they would make and then try to press them onto other people, and you think that's like largely the problem? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm worried that I do it sometimes with my feminism, and I'm like, this is what I believed feminism to be, and like quite intersectional and like. Go on. Tell me what you what. Tell me what you think feminism is. Oh, that's a fucking like just like the ability to be and like have these conversations and like have disagreements and that be okay and be a shit woman and that be okay because I feel like shit men have existed since the dawn of time and they still they're not like letting anyone down by having shit opinions <laughs> like they just they like like they're fine to exist on their own individual like space. And they're just a shit human. They're not a shit man. They're not shit... Like, they're not letting down all those people who also believe the same thing or opposite them. But I feel like... I I value the right of shit women to exist being shit. And, like, that's my feminism. And, like, I want you to believe that. And I'm going to try and change you and not be shit. And I want to have this this conversation about not being shit and, like, thinking about the grander world of women and how we operate, but I appreciate that you exist and you have your shit opinions and you're allowed to be shit. Yeah. So it's the same with my artwork. And it's like, can it just be okay if like a woman makes shit artwork and it's not like letting down everyone? Like, is that okay? Can I, can like a woman fail and then not just be because she's like a chick or but she's not letting down other women or like as a, feminist and quite like progressive uh, I did I did air quotes so it counts it doesn't work on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> no one can see she then did <laughs> air quotes ladies and gentlemen um, <laughs> we'll voice over that yeah. <laughs> um, and like 
your ability to be like exist and like figure out what you're about and be shit is valid. I yeah. Think. Yeah, and I, I think... Um, That's what my feminism is. Yeah, and the fact that we curated you is sort of a testament to the fact that shit women are allowed shit! <laughs> <laughs> But But going back to your art, you know, you said, is it okay for a woman to make shit art? I don't think you make shit art. Oh. Um, love letters to fuckboys uh, and the other woes of wayward women. Yeah. Uh, I think was my number one or two show from Anywhere Festival that year, and that was a, that was a good year. Oh. Good year for wine, good year for <laughs> theatre. Um, hey... That was sort of the moment. You'd come back from New York, and mm. that was the first work that you made mm-hmm. after New York. Yep. Your New York anger very much showed through there. Yes, oh, it did. <laughs> and in fact, you had stories about fuckboys from New York. Yep. Uh, give a quick overview of the, the process of that work, but also tell us how you feel about Love Letters to Fuckboys, you know, two years on? A yeah, year on? A year on. Was it just last year? Yeah, it was just yeah, last wow. year. Yeah, yeah, 2016. Like um, I said, great year for wine. Oh, great year for wine. <laughs> Um, Love Letters to Fuckboys started out with my co-collaborator, co-lovely woman, Melina Whiteman. What a hero. What a hero. I love her. She had her heart broken and she was like, I'm sick of not getting any money from my broken heart. (laughs) I should fucking profit off this. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And she had this, she works in getting a title for a show first and then creating a show around that title. Cool. So she's like, this is the title. Love Letters to Fuckboys and Other Woes of Wayward Women. And we're like, okay. So we're just like, let's start writing. Let's how, see how many we can just write. Off the top of our head, I was like coming back from New York and she was still here. And we're like, let's go. Let's just write and see when we stop. And we wrote about like 40 letters on that first go. Just like that first sit down time writing to every single person we could think of that was a fuckboy <laughs> or that we were a fuckboy too. Like, in that we were fuckboys. Not, not fuckgirls, we were fuckboys, female fuckboys towards. Um, and that process just, like, was so cathartic. We, I felt like we weren't angry after we wrote it down. And I was like, wow, oh, my God. I've, I just have no anger left in me like, regarding fuckboys. There's still <laughs> quite a lot of anger about other things. Um, so figuring out how good that felt to write down, we just like, like, ah, this is good. And then we just developed from there. Like it wasn't much developing. We just like, let's just chuck it in a fishbowl and read it out at random and get people to write one after, like write a letter to their fuck boy or from their fuck boy or however they needed to write it. And it was really just about like, for us, it was just letting go of that, like the hatred and the anger and the heartbreak and like feeling really good. And it's like a witch thing, I think. But if you write down, like her mum, Mel's mum told her to do it. She's like, just write him a letter. You don't have to send it. Just write him a letter and put it in the bin or something. And like that just, it's like a witch. I don't know. How is it a witch thing? Like witches did it. I don't, <laughs> which could be said about many things. Yeah, but like, witches did it. So did Hemingway. So, so <laughs> As in, like, writing letters to people and not sending it. Right. Speaking of witches. <laughs> Speaking of witches, a door just knocked that there is no one behind. Um, hey, uh, so, um, you cried on stage. I did. That was rough. That was hard. And, like... Not in an actor way, either. No, not in an actor way, which was made this show hard to do night after night 
mm. which we didn't do in anywhere, but we did it in Fringe. Yeah. And by the end, I didn't cry. No one, like, I was like, fuck. I'm going to die alone. It's fine. Because <laughs> I saw you opening night for yeah. Black Boys. Did you cry every night? Cried, like, every, like... In anywhere, we had gaps between shows, and so I'd forgotten what I'd written in that last letter, and I'd open it up, and I'd be like, oh, boy. And so... Explain the, explain the last letter, if, the, you, if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Um, me and Mal, we thought, look, as cathartic as this writing letters have been to other people, let's write one to ourselves. And I wrote one attesting to my really gut feeling that I'm just going to die alone. And, like, that's fine. And, like, come to terms with the fact that I'm probably never going to have, like, a great love in my life. And I'm just going to be a huge slut forever. And, like, that's okay. And it's really depressing. But, like, that's what I feel is going to happen in my life. And, like, attesting to the fact... And then, like, getting beyond that of, like, um, introspective, like, <laughs> like, bullshit. And, like, putting that outside and, like, looking at the way we're all treating each other and not just the way we're treating ourselves and like being a slut and being, which I think is a great word, uh, such loving, uncompromising truths, I call it. <laughs> um, we'll go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> and this letter was just a, like me really being aware of the situation of dating at this moment where we're not treating each other like humans and we're treating each other's like ports in a storm and not as like people with feelings and it was like it was like heartbreaking to read that I'd written this at one point like every night and just be like wow I, I do think these things and I'm like reminding myself of what I feel as a as a woman dating and so that was like it was like a really angry letter, I feel. And like Mel's was, Mel's letter to herself was really vulnerable, oh heartbreaking oh and vulnerable about like, and I like, so many things we said in each of our separate letters like resonated with each other. Like they were both a letter to ourselves and each other at the same time. Mm. And so I just got so mad with my letter and I like, I wanted to not feel shit and I wanted to not feel all these things, but I was also happy that I was feeling them because maybe that's a way to change things. And I don't know. And I think there's a, I'm really excited where dating is going for our generation. And I'm really like, I love Tinder, (laughs) but there's a way to be like, like ethical about it and like being an ethical slut and like, Tell me about ethical slaughter. Oh, it's just communication. That's oh, yeah. number one it. Yeah. That's just like being like, yo. Right, if you're authentic about being a slut, yeah. you can be a slut. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and this is just like being what you, like, just knowing what you want. And, like, <laughs> I had a great example. Like, I went on a date with a couple on Friday hey. on Tinder, and they were really good ethical couple, couple Tinder people. And they're just, like, checking in. Because I think check-ins, it's like a drama tool but I feel like everyone should just have check-ins no, yeah, all the yeah, time yeah. Oh, absolutely. everyone should just do check-ins whenever they want and just at cafes at meetings in the bedroom you know just mm-hmm. check in um and like you don't have to talk anymore about this date if you no I don't <laughs> but I'm also really proud of it so if anyone wants to ask me about it please do we'll ask about it in the I'll say our post <laughs> yeah. show we'll uh, we'll put it in the podcast in reverse yeah people out there <laughs> the file. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, um, going back to going back to the letter. Did yeah. you feel like that authenticity, having it complement the anger? Yeah. Did it make the anger more real, more genuine? Like talking about the authenticity of anger. Yeah. Like, did it make it more genuine? Are you saying yeah, the anger? yeah, like the anger. Like, did it validate the anger? Do you feel like it affected the audience differently because you weren't just angry at the world? Yeah. Oh, but I am. But I think I, I, I yeah, feel but like you're not just just angry at the world. Yeah. yeah. You're um, so angry at the world. We, <laughs> we established that in like minute one. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, I think it did validate it, and like, and also validate me in being angry and mm. like. Um, like, it's quite easy just to be angry at the world and, but to like hone in on why within yourself you're so mad all the time and like, what's the cause and like being okay with not knowing how to fix it just that second, but realizing that this is the root of the cause and that's why I'm feeling that. Does that make sense? No, I don't know. But yeah. Like, 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 there's a lot of both internalization and also just everyone's flawed. Yeah. And like, but I feel like single women in Brisbane and single men in Brisbane don't have that, like a big group conversation about that, about like what we're doing. And like, I feel like we should just get all the singles in like meetup.com or like, (laughs) and just have a giant check in with everyone and just be like where's everyone at how are we feeling about it are we being ethical sluts are we being non-ethical sluts and like you just want to set up a Brisbane wide orgy yeah well I think it already exists which is like I'm so surprised with how kinky Brisbane is I just thought we were such a vanilla town no we're not (laughs) um which is amazing and it just like I'm just gets me all excited in more ways than ones um Um, (laughs) 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 and so I think it does validate that and I like I just want us all to like be aware of that and like so that was that's where that came from I guess that last letter and it did validate it and it did feel good and it felt very cathartic but like also really exhausting like as a show being in a show that is literally you on stage. And, like, I'm not acting. Like, no, no acting there was n- also because I'm, like, not a very good actor. But there was, that's why I do all these shows. I'm like, I'll just be Leah on stage. No preparation. Um, <laughs> you do method acting. Yeah, it's a real method. <laughs> Woo! Watch out, Jared Leto. Um, <laughs> uh, so, like, that was really, it's quite... Yeah, exhausting to be that um, authentic and angry night after night. But if it if that's what it takes for like people like you who almost like who said after that seeing that like oh I noticed that within myself oh, yeah, maybe dude, I that sure that sure changed my life. life. <laughs> no, like no, but that sure did change my perceptions a little bit. Yeah. And if it can make anyone just be like, even for a second, just like look in their like rearview mirror at themselves and be like, what am I doing as a so person? So much rearview mirroring. Oh, so much. <laughs> That, like, that that was worth the exhaustion and like that was just like worth the conversation and it's what we felt Brisbane needed at that time and point. It was just like in our like like yeah, at that point in time with us and it felt good. It felt good on that little heart. But then 
like a fuckboy's mum came to the show on the first night and I was like, hello. And she's like, I just wanted to see if there was anything about him in there. And there wasn't, thank God. But she's like, well, it, we've been saying the same thing for the last like 30 years in Whoa. Brisbane. And so I was like, it was great feeling that even like a 50 year old woman can like connect with us as like young single women, but also really disheartening that she's like, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same, like little things are different, like Tinder and orgies, but the, <laughs> the general scope of I'm pretty sure they are. Just more bush. Um, <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was like good and tiring, but good. Yeah. Um, hey, I was gonna ask like twelve questions, and then you <laughs> then you said some more interesting things. Oh. Um, hey, uh, your walls are really loud. Your your door on which you've written "Welcome to the Phallaxy." Oh yeah. You made your show where you were Lear on stage calling out people. That's what I was gonna ask. Yep. <laughs> You had a you had a fuckboy show who you called out more or less by name. Yep, I did. That was that, that fun. <laughs> um, it it was the first time that we could confront how good the show could be, but like in terms of like you there in the front row, you're a fuckboy. So like that was awesome and like made the show better, but it was like ha, it's tense. Oh, we're holding on. Oh. Yeah, and then I'm just walking down the street, singing la 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 la. Do 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 do. Ooh. That's all right. And then I was like, oh my god. Cool. All right. Yeah. So so you had a fuckboy shop. Yeah. Well, hang on. We'll edit this out. So you had you had a fuckboy shop who you more or less called out by name. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it just really attested to how good the show could be it was very stressful for mel you spent like 40 seconds on stage yeah just like laughing and being like i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) Ah! and like and like um i feel like every other fuck boy who we called out had like a cool like dear art boy dear boy on the train dear that one guy and then his name was just like not there was no veil. There was no veil. No veil. I almost, I almost feel like we shouldn't be protecting him. No. <laughs> but maybe we but should. But we will. We, we will. will. We will. Um, the poor guy. He just... He's starting a new life. Yeah. And like, <laughs> maybe this is time for Brisbane to heal. And like, just like... <laughs> we can heal while he's gone. You know, I got some distance, feel mm-hmm. good about mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. And just like, be okay with like, not getting like 2am nudes for no reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and like uh, you know, we don't have to deal with the new haircut. Yeah, great. Because like one looks good on everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is so awful. <laughs> Everything that's happening here is so awful. <laughs> to, to clarify, uh, he's one of my best friends. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, we're all good. We're all good friends. Yeah, yeah we're it's all good friends. Yeah, it's all just banter. Banter, 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 banter. So you did your show where you call people out and you, yeah. uh, you, uh, you know. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. How much more application does that have? Are you going to do this your whole life? I hope so. Like, like fuckboys or calling people out? Well, you're going to do fuckboys and then you're going to call them out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like separate things or together things? Calling out people in fuckboys or... Never mind. Do fuckboys was a pun. Okay. Oh! Ah! I understand now. <laughs> Yes, Mr. President. <laughs> this is the least appropriate podcast. 
Um, yeah, so, so what's next? Like, what range, what range does uh, being Leah Stark on stage have? What are you doing next? What are you thinking about? Well, um... You're going to want to talk about Welcome to the Phallaxy? <laughs> yeah, I will. I will talk about Welcome to the Phallaxy if you want me to. Yeah, I feel like it's now. Oh, it's your next thing. It is my next thing, and it like again started off with like a title being like, fallacy, fallacy, ta ta ta. But then like well like, sounding like galaxy, and like always being such a big fan of Barbarella, and like that was like my dream for so long. I'm like, I just wish I could save the world by like fucking everyone. Like that somehow was my superpower <laughs> was just like to sleep with everyone, and they'll be like, maybe I won't drop that bomb because Leo slept with me, and I could be like done so it started off with like being so inspired with Barbarella Mm -hmm. and then and then it just it's like a really it's an enigma right now I guess um because I started off being like I just want people to feel like in a girl gang I want the audience to leave and be in a girl gang with each other and me being on stage and like me being Leah on stage and how can I orchestrate this and how can I orchestrate like a gang of like <laughs> how can I be the mafia boss no um, but how can I let audiences feel connected with each other around their sexuality and around like protesting and feeling so empowered sexually that they feel like that can change the world and like how can they you know just be like an ethical slut and I just like even if you don't want to be an ethical slut you can just I just want you to like take on board the mantras of like join my cult you know. Can men see this show? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. What happens? How does a man become part of your girl gang? This is it just allyship? Like, what, what are you talking well, about? Well, no, no. Like, a girl gang is like, is iris. I, I have, think it has nothing to do with gender. And like, just because it has the word, like, girl in it, doesn't mean that men can't be a part. And it's not about women. But it is. Like, um, like, it's, it's, it's a big question for me, but wanting men to feel like they can smash the patriarchy too and, like, like they're a part of this girl gang and we're all going to, like, send emails and to each other and, like, smash shit up. Um, and, like, me discovering on how to do that without feeling like they're excluded. And, like, it's not about what's in your pants, but it's about who's in your pants, you know? Um, no, like, I meant, like, it doesn't matter what genitalia you have, it just matters if, you know... Who you are. Who you are. Not... Yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty... That was pretty ambiguous. <laughs> just like my aunt. Um... <laughs> no, I'm not ambiguous in any way. I wish I could be ambiguous. Do you, though? I think you like being direct. No, yes. it's because it's the only way I know how to be. Like, I wish I, I wish I could just, like, wear fur all the time and be really mysterious, but I can't. I just can't. And especially, like, I'm not a... I'm a really didactic person. Yes. And I fucking hate it. But, like, it's how I have to, like, lean into the curve a bit and, like, take that on board with, like, I'm a talky person. Have you always been that way? Yes. Yes. And I'm still... I still hate it. And every time I see, like... I went to, like, Supercell and I saw some really cool, like, dance performances and they were just, like, silent. And I was like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could just, like, dance and, like not be so verbose all the time and like and like all the things in my like house conspiracy room are just giant words it's so loud it's so loud and but it's so you yeah isn't that part of authenticity 
Yeah, but isn't it also part of authenticity, me telling you how much I fucking hate it? Yeah. And, yeah. like, I just... Yeah, and it is authentically me, and I hate it. And I just wish... Yeah, I've always wanted to be... I think it's just my dramatic nature. I wish I could just, like, stand with a whiskey and rye and, a, like, a cigarette on, mm. a, like, a holder and just say oh. one word and everyone would know exactly what I meant. Why do you buy those holders? France? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is... Is that nature of yours, is that something you're trying to come to accept or are you trying to change? I'm trying to channel, I think, and channel it, like accept it, but hit home or like do it in a really um, like articulated way and like use every word that I, you know, the millions of fucking words that I use, make them matter and like make them have a point rather than just going off in tangents and like like making the the giant words and the verbosity of my art be dir- as direct as it can it's about focus yeah focus and focusing it and channeling it in the best way possible for change mm. especially which is like when, what I want yeah uh, when did you when did you realise you were didactic when 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 that oh when I guess it came, (laughs) like, during, like, final year of uni, Mm -hmm. with our, like, last performance that we do at QUT. P4. P4, Mm -hmm. production four. And we were like, let's do Taming of the Shrew. Let's just do Taming of the Shrew as, like, all these really angry feminist people. Let's try and do it. And it just fell apart, and that was part of the show, was that we couldn't even do Taming of the Shrew, because it's, like, so fucking shit. And it just, like, my direct... Yeah, it's like a fucking cartoon show. But, like, oh, 10 things I had about you. Great soundtrack. It is a great soundtrack! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, realising that I, like, didactic and I love, like... Like, I hate... I don't want to be a teacher, but I feel like I want to teach people. I want to school them. And that's a shitty thing to, like, white saviour anybody... But I feel like... But in Brisbane, you're predominantly teaching white people. Yeah. And so... And that's okay. They're the ones that need to learn the most. Um, but learning how, like... Yeah, around then is when I learned how didactic I was and, like, how to the... Like, I can't... Like, I'm not a poet. And, like, that's... Like, I want to be a poet. But that's not where my authenticity comes from, and like that's not where my vulnerability comes from. And like, I always thought of my art as like TED talks, <laughs> and where they like they really like <laughs> yelliest TED talk. Yeah, just like that's how I feel. Like it could like come across and like like ah oh, inspired. But I don't. You're know. more interesting than most TED talks. Though. Am I? I don't feel like I am. No, TED talks suck. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that because I don't feel like I am, and I feel like I'm just. You're less direct. You're less streamlined. But yeah. Do you think that? Do you think that if you manage to do like completely focus yourself? Yeah. And make every word that you said, you know, matter and be direct in a way that fuckboys wasn't, right? Yeah. Would it be more interesting, or mm. like would people? Would it be easier or harder to engage with? What do you reckon? I think it would be easier for people of not theatre literate background to comprehend it and, like, to get out of our little 
bubble. Bubble, which is beautiful and supportive and what a community it is, but still a bubble. Yeah. And so I think if I was more direct as a human in my art, I could... Like, I don't want to say it would be more sellable, but it could be more, like... I could take it to, like, other places other than this bubble and it could do okay. And it could teach a lesson. It could be didactic in a in a way that could affect change. Not uh, not to talk numbers too much, um, but Love Letters did pretty well. Right? Oh, yeah. It was Love amazing. Love sold it did... out, like, yeah. every night? Yeah. Anywhere we sold out and Fringe, we sold out in Melbourne. You sold out in Fringe? I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And so... I think the... What's your problem? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... No, I like... I don't, like... I didn't know you sold out Fringe. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it was really good. And I'm like, oh, my How many God. nights you do? We did five nights, two nights, two shows a night. Fuck me, you so sold out every performance. So we did ten shows, and we sold out every performance. It was t- but we do, t- like, max 30 audiences. That's like, fine. That's great. That's fine. And it's perfect. Are you, I don't, would, would fuckboys work at the Sydney Opera House? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know it would work at Brisbane Festival, which is what we're trying to do now, and I don't think it will work, but it Put could. an application. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, Brisbane Festival is an application anymore. It's all curated. Oh, good. So, you can't do that, but... And that's okay. Like, it's still sold out, even if it was not meant to be in the Sydney Opera House. So it's good. And numbers, yeah. fuck, it was good. And I love money. God, money is great. How good is money? Oh, the best. I'm like, yeah, I'm A-level a stinge. So I love, I just love having money. I feel like mm. I could do, like, Scrooge McDuck impersonations really well. Yeah. In the dollar do coin it. side. Do it now. I'm swimming in a vat of money. <laughs> Yeah. I think, no, I think, that's a great podcast. That was it. It's a radio it. play. You gotta, it's all you just it's all adjectives. You gotta you know There's the title about that. It's all adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a, that's a title. Hey, um so you're gonna be experimenting with Welcome to the Fallaxy yeah. while you're here. Um, yeah. you're doing something in anyway? I up? am, I am. Yeah. Einstein on the bitch. Say that again? Einstein on the bitch. That's Go on. Because <laughs> I've seen advertisements. Yeah. I have no idea what it is. It's, it was me really depressed over Christmas because uh-huh. I was doing nothing except working in a shitty cafe and I was like, I'm not doing anything. So I applied for anywhere. I applied for House Conspiracy. I got the artistic director of Fast. So I'm doing all these things and I was like, ah, okay, now I'm overbooked. And that's what successful people do. They are overbooked. Ha 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 ha. And so, but now I'm doing Einstein on the bitch, and it's basically to like point out what I said earlier. It's a giant check-in, and it's like it's me making a guide to being okay mentally in Brisbane, making art, and like how stressed I was, and like over Christmas it was really hard, and like I didn't leave my bed for about a week. I didn't leave my house. And I was just really depressed with, like, where my life was heading and, like, anxiety and all that stuff, all that shebang. So I guess I just wanted to have a check-in with other people who might not feel that way and I could get great pointers off, or people who do feel that way and we could feel some sense of solidarity together. And so it's just, like, me step-by-step guide how to leave the house. And be okay. And is this a collaborative work or is this nah. a Leah Stark show? It is a Leah Stark show and, and one woman shows are fucking intense. Who's producing you? 
me. Whoa, <laughs> so it really is one woman yeah. start to finish. Where, where's the venue? It is at Shri Yoga in the city. It's like a giant yoga studio with a disco ball. And I just want, like, it's yoga mats and there's, like, fucking pillows. And it's going to have the same aesthetic as fuckboys and then it's like everyone sitting down be comfy fairy lights fairy lights wouldn't be, oh, wouldn't be a Leah Stark without fairy lights there's so many in my room right now um but yeah and just like being like checking in with ourselves as being artists and like again it's like how much I hate my own work and like me coming to terms with that being a part of like my life and like do I need therapy or can I just make a show about it and just talk about it and get some actual like real world advice from people who are also going through the same thing so, so I, it's like group therapy yeah it's in the blurb it says not quite art not quite group therapy production right because you can't call yourself a therapist no I cannot you are not qualified I am not qualified I don't even know if I'm qual- oh no I have a BFA I was like I don't even know if I'm a qualified artist no you are I do legally legally sort of Ooh. Yeah, so um, I've had many cries about it in the borough. <laughs> and like, also, that's part of my New Yorker coming through being like, I don't even care if I'm crying. And I'm like, I'm a really ugly, loud crier as oh, well. Yeah. I'm just like, <gasps> are, you are you loud when you public cry? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, really big, like. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. And like, you did that about? into a microphone once. Yep, I yeah. did. Yep. <laughs> so loud. Shut up, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> and like I think there were like a Dutch couple next to me having like really good tourist times and I'm just like crying on my laptop and like <laughs> so like that's okay um, I should probably go see a therapist but why do that when you can make theatre instead that's healthy right I think right? so I think that's right? healthy listeners <laughs> uh, listeners yeah essentially people are paying to listen to you and yeah. each other and each other as you as says on your door everyone's going to yeah, and everyone, like, I'm, again, I'm like, I'm just going to do a giant check-in. Whoever, whatever the audience is, we're going to go around the fucking circle and see how everyone is. And, like, and is that shit? Yeah, maybe. Will that take a lot of time? Yeah, maybe. But. Do you have, do you have a show length or are you just going to do it till everyone's done? Uh, I said 40 minutes. <laughs> how big's your audience? I, it, they said the capacity is, like, 50, but I imagine oh, yeah. no more than 20 people will come. Okay. Yeah. What are you setting your max to? Your maximum? Because you can set your own Yeah, I think I said 50. <laughs> I was like, do it. Like, but I, d- I just really have no faith in myself to get an audience of 50. I think it'll just be like 20 people. Try me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wager you, sir. That's just what I think. And if it's 50, it's 50, and I'll deal with those consequences. But I don't know. I just don't think I'm a very good artist, so I don't think many people will come. Well, I think you're a very good artist. And, um... Stop that. Hey, thanks for, um... Thanks for sitting down and chatting. Yeah. Your next show is Einstein on a Bitch. But I think, yeah. Yeah, but Phallaxy will predate that, though. Phallaxy. That's yeah. true. That's true. So, That's true. Yeah. Phallaxy first. Phallaxy first, Einstein Second. next. And then... The rest of my life. After that. The rest of your life. More more titles. Oh god, shows. just puns and puns and puns. Kinlan Kinlan Armstrong said a similar thing. She starts her shows with pun names. Yeah. Um, is that a good way to work? Maybe not. 
Is it she funny said, as hell? Yes. <laughs> funny as hell. Hey, thanks so much, Leah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the House Conspiracy podcast recorded at House Conspiracy and produced by me, Jonathan O'Brien and Tyler William Morrison. If you have feedback or you want to say hi, if there's something you'd like to see us do, you can email us at house at houseconspiracy.org and you can email me directly about ideas for future podcasts at jonathan at houseconspiracy.org. You can also support us by becoming a member or by donating to us at houseconspiracy.org slash donate. See you next time. If I had a penis, <laughs> if I had a penis every time I turned a knob, uh, I would not be a good producer. No, or I'd be that, you know that monster that comes at Sexpo and it's just like covered in penises? I don't know this. I've oh, never I'm, I've never been, but I know him and what? I've decided to go this year. Wait, this is going to be... Like, you know him personally? No, I just always see him in pictures. He has a giant, like, it's just like penises everywhere in this giant suit. Why? I don't know. I think it's like a... It's a sex thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like a... No matter which way the ladies come. <laughs> vagina monster, also. I hope so, but I don't think so. Like, if you cover something in vaginas, it's just all holes. Yeah, right? and so it's it like Swiss exist. cheese. <laughs> so in a way, all of the air <laughs> yeah. is a giant vagina <laughs> monster. Because you're just, like, going through the space. and Yeah, because there's so many... So oh, many vaginas. So many vaginas. Say it. Vagin? Vagin? Like I'm assuming so. Legume. <laughs> it's good for you. You put a legume in your vagin, your vagin right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no? Yeah, like yeah. I don't not. You don't not. <laughs> like I'm not not right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we have to wear vibrators on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs>